Get ready to rumble. Chilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Michael Cutler, a retired senior special agent of the former INS, a contributor at Front Page Magazine, and host of the Michael Cutler Hour. Today's topic, the Biden administration providing the very best government that money can buy. And Mike, welcome back to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you for having me, Rob, and thank you for the great work you do covering these issues that the, the, where the mainstream media is absolutely missing in action. You know, we have to look, and they, they used to say follow the money or follow the money trail, and yep. there's motivation there. Mm-hmm. So what are we seeing presently? Well, this is a remarkable set of circumstances that we have, and, and I want to just lay a fast bit of background because this is the stuff that keeps me awake at night. The reason that I testified before Congress and gave testimony to the 9-11 Commission is that I've investigated and arrested terrorists. My first fraud case that was supposed to be a nothing case, I was a brand new agent, led me to uncover a terror plot in Israel. We prevented the bombing of an oil refinery. Wow. There's no such thing as a minor investigation, and there's no such thing as someone who's harmless until you really know who you're dealing with. And the 9-11 Commission warned about something, and what they warned about was how immigration fraud played a key issue, the idea of letting people into the country by whatever means so they could embed themselves so they could carry out attacks in the future. And right now, Title 42 is about to be lifted by the Biden administration. Title 42 is an edict or a requirement issued by the Center for Disease Control because of the pandemic to not allow aliens into the country who might seek political asylum. And just because people seek political asylum doesn't mean that there's any merit to their application. There was a time when if you looked at applications from certain countries, you would just say, no, that's ridiculous. You can't get political asylum. So now the media is confusing political asylum with economic asylum. Oh, they're coming for a better life. Well, there's over 7 billion people in the world and over half of them live below the poverty line. Can we accommodate 3 billion people? So the idea that they're going to lift Title 42, which means that anybody can walk up to a Border Patrol agent, no matter what, say, I want political asylum, and they're going to say, come on in. And right now the courts are backed up to the tune of years, the immigration courts. So I want to read this brief statement from the 9-11 Commission staff report on terrorist travel. And it says this, terrorists in the 1990s, as well as the September 11th hijackers, needed to find a way to stay in or embed themselves in the United States if their operational plans were to come to fruition. As already discussed, this could be accomplished legally by marrying American citizen, achieving temporary worker status, by the way, DACA falls under that category, or applying for asylum after entering. In many cases, the act of filing for an immigration benefit sufficed to permit the alien to remain in the country until the petition was adjudicated. Terrorists were free to conduct surveillance, coordinate operations, obtain and receive funding, 
go to school and learn English, make contacts in the United States, acquire necessary materials, and execute an attack. Now, there's no ambivalence to that statement that was authored by the staff of the 9-11 Commission. These were all federal agents and attorneys that worked with the commission. Look at what we're doing. We have let in hundreds of thousands of individuals. We have no idea who they are, what their intentions or affiliations are. And I want everyone to think about the number 19. Why 19? 19 hijackers on September 11, 2001, killed more people on that day than we lost to the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. Mm. And the death count continues. Here in New York, we lose an average of one person every 10 days because of illness that was a direct result of their exposure to the toxins that were released when the towers came down. So we have an administration that refuses to enforce the immigration laws at the border or even from within the interior. You have Mayorkas saying, well, if you lie on your application for citizenship, Mayorkas, of course, head of Homeland Security, under him it's the Homeland Surrender, as I predicted before he was sworn in. He said, if you lie, we will ignore the lie because we will do everything to protect you because you are an American and we will protect you. We will stand up for you. Stand up for whom? People who lie on applications? When our guys raided the bin Laden compound, what they found was a library. Two documents of interest here. Copy of the 9-11 Commission report. He wanted to see what we knew, I guess. And an application for United States citizenship. If you look at all the terrorists who've been arrested since 9-11, most of them have attempted or actually became United States citizens as a way of facilitating their crimes and travel around the world. When you have two passports, because they retain their prior passports, you alternate passports so you cover your tracks. You go to one country on one passport, leave that country on the other passport, and you've now created a dead end for anyone who's looking for you. Think about what we're doing. And you keep saying, well, why would they do this? Why would they do this? Well, I stumbled upon an article that was published by Judicial Watch. Let me begin reading what Judicial Watch had to say, because I think what we're really witnessing here is the monetization of corruption on a scale we've never seen, even where it could lead to terror attacks and mass casualty events in our own country. Certainly, if you look at the narcotics flooding into the country, this is chemical warfare. Think about that. China is sending us more fentanyl than we've ever seen. There's been over 100,000 deaths last year to drug overdoses. It doesn't include the people who got behind the wheel high and then crashed, killed themselves, killed other people. It doesn't include the violence of the drug gangs in the United States. I spent half my 30-year career with the drug task force, and I did 10 years with the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. And before that, I did a four-year stint as the first immigration agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA here in New York City. And what we saw were violence coming across the border being perpetrated by members of the drug cartels and the violent gangs. And the most likely victim of the transnational gangs, whether it's MS-13, the Jamaican posses, all over the world, Asian organized crime, Human nature is human nature. Anyone who thinks immigration is about racism is being deceived. I've arrested people from the four corners of the planet. I worked very closely with the Israeli National Police, especially after that discovery of the terror attack. I arrested an Israeli wanted for murder. We sent them home to stand trial. I got an award from the government of Japan. It's not about brown skin. It's about law violators. 
you have to ask yourself, how do we monetize it? Well, realize that immigration has become a delivery system. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. It's not just the illegals. It's also the high-tech visas that are displacing Americans and allowing American technology to fall into the hands of our enemy. The same thing with the foreign students, China. We've educated most of the programmers who now hack our computers. We've educated their engineers that's building their military as they look more and more closely at Taiwan. We're allowing in an unlimited supply of foreign workers, an unlimited supply of foreign tourists, foreign students, and for those wonderful immigration lawyers, an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms. And you have immigration lawyers on both sides of the aisle. Bob Goodlatte, the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, and supposed conservative, was an immigration lawyer who always pushed for more H-1B visas because that was what his practice focused on. And when I had a big argument with him, he said to me, Mr. Cutler, let me tell you something. My son knows a lot about computers and programming, and he would love America to bring in tens of thousands of brilliant Indians. Well, my first wife, may she rest in peace, was a brilliant programmer, Phi Beta Kappa graduate, as were many of the people that she worked with. These were all Americans. I said, and what would you say to them as they lose their jobs to people from India? Are they chopped liver? He said, Mr. Cutler, our conversation is done. Of course it was done. He had nothing to say. Wow. And if you think I'm kidding, look up Bobby Goodlatte, Bob Goodlatte's son. He got to start with Zuckerberg at Facebook, and he's made a ton of money by bringing in foreign workers. You've got all this going on, and I figured that I had pegged all of the ways that this delivery system was functioning. I guess I left out an even bigger function, so-called NGOs, the non-government organizations, so-called nonprofits. I love the term nonprofit, mm -hmm. because as it turns out, the headline from the Breitbart report is that nonprofit gets no bid U.S. contract after hiring Biden official. $17 million in unused hotels for migrants. And the company in question got a contract with no competition for over $500 million. Think about that. So you hire this guy who was an official within the Biden, within the Biden administration. I believe he was a part of the transition team. And all of a sudden, they get a contract for hotels that were never used by the aliens. But as you bring in more people... What are you going to need? More hotels, more accommodations, more everything. How do they do that? They're going to give out government contracts. Now, if you look at the way this government contract was given out, it's highly irregular. If I had to get my government car repaired, I mean, what does that cost? $1,000, you know, $500. I had to go to three different garages, get three different estimates, and then we would select, unless there were circumstances beyond that, we would tend to select the lowest cost estimate. Astronaut Alan Shepard's famous remark that he was sitting on a rocket made by the lowest bidder. Now, think of where we are. You have the Biden administration giving a no-bid contract for hundreds of millions of dollars, and $17 million apparently paid for rooms that weren't even used. Why? Perhaps because they hired a former official of the Biden administration. So we're allowing in all these political asylum applicants who haven't the prayer of getting asylum. They don't qualify, but they're here and they're wandering around the country. And many of them will not see an immigration judge ever. Or if they do, their appointments are years from now. Could this be any crazier or more dangerous to America or Americans, Rob? I hope I've laid it out clearly for your audience. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast continues with Michael Cutler in just a moment. Support this podcast. Online at shillingshow.com.
Talk.News is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Border Hawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.News highlights national and international media reports, tweets and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at News on Twitter. Shilling Show Unleashed. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast returns with our guest, Michael Cutler. I want to go back to something that you mentioned, Mike, in the very first part. You were talking about the courts mm-hmm. being overwhelmed. That seems like an intractable problem at the present rate. If we're years and years out and these numbers are just increasing exponentially, how do we ever solve that? Well, I think Biden's figured out a way to destroy the United States. Let me give you another good example. And you've got plenty of Republicans who are on board. I believe there's a woman by the name of Maria Salazar running for Congress in Florida. She's a Republican. We need to give legal status to all of these undocumented immigrants who are otherwise following the law. Someone breaks into your house, unless they destroy your house, you should let them stay because they broke in. So breaking and entering is no longer a problem. I understand that when they say they've otherwise, you know, they're not violating law, many of them commit identity theft. They're taking jobs that should go to Americans. Perhaps they're getting health care that we're paying for. And they're not a mean-spirited guy. You know, we, we admit a million lawful immigrants every year. But the media, even the conservative stations, will say that if you want immigration enforcement, you're anti-immigrant. If you want anarchy, you're pro-immigrant. The most likely victims of the crimes perpetrated by transnational criminals are the members of the same ethnic immigrant communities because that's where these folks live and, you know, apply their trades, if you will. But on top of that, they want to provide amnesty. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you're here illegally and the argument is, well, let's say they've been here five years. Let's say they've been here eight years. Pick a year. Doesn't that sound reasonable? This is making the unreasonable sound reasonable. First of all, and this is the biggest question. If you're going to establish a time element, how do you prove or disprove how long an alien has been in the United States? We are talking about so many people, Rob, there will be no interviews. There will be no field investigations to verify. Right now, if an alien has been living illegally in the United States for 10 years, and they have an immediate relative who's either a resident alien or a U.S. citizen, they can apply to have uh, termination of deportation for the best interest of that American or that resident alien. So an agent goes out, they show a photograph, they knock on doors, they determine the identity of the alien. They can then determine how long they're here. It's labor intensive. I've done those investigations. You know, you're talking about days of work to verify the information. The guy said, I worked at the ABC brick factory. Mm. So you hop in the car, you drive over to the factory, you go to HR and you talk to the people, you go to the school, you go wherever you have to go. No interviews, no field investigations. The adjudicator has got to move the backlog of applications. Now what you should know 
is that you can approve an application in 15 minutes, denying it can take days. If you have a backlog of millions of applications, the pressure is going to be on to approve everything. But here's the biggest problem. Let's say we legalized 25 million. In 2018, Yale University estimated there were 22 to 23 million illegals. Uh, I'm sure we're talking now maybe 30 million. They will immediately, once they're legalized, have an absolute right. And I agree with this in principle. They'll have the right to petition to bring to the United States every single one of their minor children. So if some man has had relations with five women and has 23 kids, he can bring them all to America as resident aliens. Let's say on average, each legalized alien has just four children. And with this administration, I promise you, they're not going to be doing DNA testing to verify the relationship. But I'm going to be an optimist and say, okay, four kids each. What's four times 25 million? 100 million. So we could be witnessing the admission of an additional 100 million. Maybe it'll be 150 million. Maybe it will be 200 million. Now, let's realize for all the talk about Green New Deal and sustainability, there's a serious water shortage in the west of the United States. Big problem. You're bringing in more people. If you go online, you will see that the average person uses 100 gallons of water per day for sanitary purposes, for cooking, and so forth. That doesn't include the water that's needed to irrigate the farmland to grow the food that all these people need. I wrote an article for Front Page Magazine where I said if they're going to have any kind of an immigration bill, they should first have to do an environmental impact study. Because everyone who is in America now, permanently, temporarily, it doesn't matter, need more than a pillow. They need food and water and sewerage and electricity, transportation. In the case of these children, education. The Congressional Budget Office did a study in 2006 and found that it costs 20 to 40 percent more to educate children who cannot speak, read, or write English. What are we talking about? The admission of 100 million students who, by law, have to be given education. So kids who have learning disabilities and are getting early intervention and that sort of thing. And my youngest son benefited tremendously. He has autism because of early intervention. He is now a successful mechanical engineer living the dream. One of my sons is a teacher, and his wife work with learning disabled children. Much of the money that should be going to these programs are now going to English as a second language. These programs are going to be ended. American kids with learning disabilities are going to suffer tremendously, but no one talks about them. So we're going to admit 100 million kids and maybe some spouses without the ability to screen them. How many will be gang members? MS-13 was a minor problem. I began investigating MS-13 around 1992 here in New York, and it was a tiny problem. Because of the Obama unaccompanied minor program, it metastasized across the country. At least 40 states now have a serious problem with MS-13 because of the immigration policies of the Obama administration. This is how you connect dots. A hearing that was held, and this is really important, and it was interesting because I was on a radio show last week, and former Congressman Peter King was on, and I know Pete, he was on the subcommittee for uh, counterterrorism and intelligence in the House. And I came across an interesting hearing that he conducted on April 17, 2018. This is pretty recent, okay, four years ago. The topic, state sponsors of terrorism and examination of Iran's global terrorism network. And I just want to read these two paragraphs. The first one is disturbing. The second one keeps me awake almost every night. That's how serious this threat is. 
The speaker was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Emmanuel Ortolenge. He's with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. And I can tell you, as someone who's done many hearings, usually other witnesses will disagree with you and you have a back and forth. No one disagreed with Dr. Ortolenge. They were all in agreement, lockstep with him. These are his words. In recent years, oh, by the way, Hezbollah, we always associated with the Middle East. It's run by Iran, started in Lebanon. Hezbollah has a humongous footprint in Latin America today. Now, here we go. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Cooperation includes the laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and the efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep Shias communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. Okay, that's bad. Here comes far worse. This toxic crime terror nexus, that is Hezbollah and the traffickers, is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America, thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. Does that not take your breath away? Republicans refusing to secure the Mexican border. By the way, for the record, the border wall is not a wall of hate, and it's not designed to stop a single person from entering the United States. And no, you didn't mishear me. The border wall's purpose was not to block people from coming into America. If it was, they would have blocked off the ports of entry. Think about it. The border wall was designed to funnel all traffic through ports of entry so the people and cargo could be screened and we could create a record of entry. Think about the way you go to the bank. They have a velvet rope that guides you to the next available teller. Think about the airport where you have the cattle runs to guide, you, to guide the passengers to the next available TSA agent. What rational person would get on an airplane if they saw a bunch of people sneaking past TSA and getting on their plane? You wouldn't. But here we're being forced to live with millions of people who snuck past the, invet the vetting process we conducted ports of entry. Think about the gates at the football stadium. You don't just run across the field the way you like and go to your seat or hang out. You go through a gate, you pay for a ticket, maybe you go through a metal detector, and you're guided to your seat so you can enjoy the game. So when you hear all this crap, oh, this is anti-immigrant, this is racism. Racism to have an orderly system? so that we know who we're letting into the country, you have a peephole on your front door and a doorbell. Why? So when a stranger wants to enter your house, they ring the bell, you look through the peephole, you decide if you want to let them in. That's what ports of entry is supposed to do, period. You have Democrat and Republican alike who want massive quantities of illegal immigration, and I would bet narcotics because we're talking about trillions of dollars in money being washed through all the financial institutions. Cigarette commercials were very effective at getting people to stop smoking. Why are there no commercials warning people about drugs? 
because if you took drug money out of Wall Street real estate, uh, high-end auto sales, and banks, they'd go bankrupt. The economy is floating on human tragedy of narcotics. That's where we are today. And I would love to have a journalist so-called, because, boy, they are in short supply and great demand. We've never needed them more. Instead of giving Jinsaki, the artful dodger, an opportunity to say, well, those aren't midnight flights. They came at 2 a.m. <laughs> 2 a.m. isn't midnight with a smirk. No, I have a better question for Miss Jinsaki or whoever follows in her tiny footsteps. How are these policies in the best interests of America or Americans? Wriggle off that hook, young lady. How is this in our best interests? We, the people. President Lincoln spoke about a government of the people, by the people, for the people. Apparently, the people we're talking about today are the bribers. We all hate the lobbyists, don't we? Well, most politicians, folks, are employees of the lobbyists. How come? Think of the employer-employee relationship. The employer writes the check, the employee cashes the check, and does whatever he or she is told by the employer. How close does that come to where we are today? I truly believe that the Biden administration needs a new cabinet-level official. It would be the official auctioneer. I personally like the guy from the Mecham Auto Auction. What do you think, Rob? <laughs> that would be perfect. He's awfully good at it. If people want to follow you online, if they want to listen to your podcasts or get information on your writing, how do they do that? Sure. My favorite website in the universe, of course, is michaelcutler.net. You spell my last name, C-U-T-L-E-R, michaelcutler.net, one word. I also write for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. Um, I've been writing for U.S. Incorporated. They're going to be folding in with another organization shortly, but you'll be able to find my articles there. And I also do my own blog talk radio program on Friday night, 7 o'clock East Coast time, the Michael Cutler Hour. Uh, please check that out. If you go to the website, you can click on the links. Uh, I used to do interviews. Mostly I don't anymore. So many people reached out to me and said, Mike, could you just spend that hour reviewing the insanity of the previous week? Uh, and I have to tell you, I'm never at a loss for material, as you might imagine. So please check out my radio show as well. And there's one last thing. We are entering the summer. That means picnics and barbecues and baseball games. We're going to be hanging out with our friends and neighbors God willing, I urge you to discuss these issues with your friends and neighbors. Let's stop fighting. The nonsense that we're witnessing is about a divide and conquer strategy. The insanity about sex change operations for children is nuts. They just did a story, and I'm compelled to mention this briefly. There was just a report on CBS about the level of mental illness children threatening suicide or actually committing suicide. Is this the time to take children who are having such emotional difficulties and peddle this nonsense about multiple sexes and you can be anything you want. And this is about the destruction of America on every level. And I'm not a conservative. I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. I'm a kid from Brooklyn. I even went to Brooklyn College. This is about being American. Neither party is meeting the needs of the average American. We, the people, need to make it clear to the politicians that we are on to them. And we can only do that if we have those discussions with our neighbors, this is the work all Americans must do, Rob. I thank you for having me. And Michael Cutler, thank you for speaking the truth. You're never afraid to do that. And I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. My privilege, my pleasure. Be well. Stay safe, everybody. That concludes another edition of The Chilling Show Unleashed podcast. 
Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time. Bye.